There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technology. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Motability offers from nil advance payment. Visit MacklinMotors.com for more info. Let's go! So five nights away and Kenting from Hampton Park and the World Cup playoff semi-final. Scotland against Ukraine <coughs> with the winners to play Wales in Cardiff next Sunday for a place in Qatar in November. How good does that sound, Barry Ferguson? It sounds really good, um, and I'm, I'm really confident, Rob. Um, just with the, the squad that Steve Clark's picked, it, the only negative is Kieran Tierney. Um, been out injured for me, Kieran Tierney's probably Scotland, or, well, no, probably, in my eyes, is Scotland's most important player. Um, but if you look at the squad, still a lot of quality. And it, um, it'll be a tough one against Ukraine, no doubt about it. But I think we're strong enough to get through that one and down to Wales, hopefully, um, next Sunday at five o'clock. Is it a difficult one, Mark, just because of that tidal wave of sympathy uh, towards Ukraine? Yeah, well, it is. But I think we've got to remember that, um, you know, come kickoff time, and, and this is what the Tartan Army are really important as well, um, Rob. They, they, they can't feel that, um, you know, they're not been sympathetic or been understanding towards the, the, the horrible situation in Ukraine but you know there's there's a job to be done for everybody inside Hamden players, management, supporters for the 90 minutes or the 120 minutes is Andy Roberts I think Andy Robertson summed it up perfectly um, the other day and Ukraine wouldn't want it any other way um, either so yeah no doubt sympathy for what's going on it's horrible but you know there's a World Cup place um, at stake and um, the game's gone ahead with the blessing of Ukraine it's all been sorted out with FIFA so it's a game of football to be won and mm. um, everybody needs to get to, to give their all and when the final whistle goes you know, you go back to, to having that sympathy but on the pitch no, there's, there's a job to be done As a former Scotland captain Barry do you echo the sentiments of Andy Robertson what he said earlier in the week? Yeah listen there's no doubt it's been, it's been tough on Ukraine as a nation and obviously the the players that are going to be involved in, in the game but Scotland have got to be professional for the 90 minutes um, and be respectful of the fact as Scotland are desperate to get to Qatar they had a test at the Euros um, and I think if you ask any of the players they probably let themselves down a wee bit by the, the England game so I'm sure Scotland will, will be professional for that 90 minutes or 120 minutes and, and the quality we've got in the squad I have no doubt in my mind that we're good enough to, to beat Ukraine who if you look through their squad, have got some top players who are playing at high levels. Um, they've been together, I think, for the last three or so weeks. Mm. They've been in training camp in Poland. They've had a few bounce games. So they're ready. They're up for it. And so are we. Um, and I'm sure... I listened, sorry, to Andy Robertson and same as what Mark just mentioned there. He summed it up perfectly. And I think that's the attitude that we've got to have going into this game because we need to make sure we get to Qatar. They have been together for a while um, and we talk about the bond in the Scotland squad. There's going to be some bond in that Ukrainian squad, isn't there? Just because of uh, where they're oh, coming through, coming from, what they've all been through. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll be in the nicest possible way but there'll be a lot of 
pent up frustration, anger. You know, you think what they've been through and what some of the, the you know the family members, loved ones could, could be through and still going through. Um, so this is a way for them to to to, for, to forget about that, to to channel things, and you know, even if it's just for for an hour or so, Rob, a full time whistle to give their country something just to take their minds off it and, and take a step closer to World Cup. And I know that will be so far from the front of their minds because of the situation. But I just mean in, in, in terms of what could just give them something, just that wee smile uh, on their faces. And, and for the players, they will be so determined, absolutely determined to go and get the right result. And remember, um, when you take all the, the stuff that's going on outside of it and just analyse them as a football team, a right good team. Mm. You know, France yeah. had two cracks at beating them and, and couldn't do it. Um, so... And I think as well, Steve Clark, when, out of the four countries that we could have got at this stage, Ukraine was last on his list. You know, he didn't want to get Ukraine. No. He didn't want to get Ukraine. Any team apart from Ukraine is what he wanted, really. So that tells you the size um, of the task. But look, it'll be a brilliant night at Hamden on Wednesday night. 50,000 uh, Tartan Army in there. And um, Scotland have had a lot of good performances and big results in the past two years under Steve Clark. And, Wednesday night's a chance to get another one, perhaps the biggest of them all, and then it'll be an even bigger one come Sunday in Cardiff if I'm lucky enough to get there. Yeah, exactly. There'll be a great reaction to the Ukrainian national anthem, won't there? Um, you can imagine that on Wednesday night and and, a, and probably a lot of uh, reaction for the players afterwards as well. It's the bit in the middle uh, where it's just down to football business, isn't it? Yeah, I've no doubt that the Tartan Army, once the um, Ukrainian national anthem gets played... Um, They'll respect it and they'll respect the players after the game. But Rob, during that 90 minutes, there's only one thing that's, that's going to happen and that's to make sure that, that Scotland won and the Tartan Army need to get really behind this this squad of players or this group of players that Steve Clark's assembled over the last three years. And I'll be honest with you, I really enjoy watching Scotland play. And you just look at our squad, barring the ab absence of Kieran Tierney, it's a squad full of quality um, and he's got a few decisions to make as well and he's starting 11 yeah um, we'll get the two of you to, to give us your lineups uh, in the course of the show for for Wednesday night um, in terms of um, any difficulty in attitude approach to the game I mean it is it's it's got strangeness all over it hasn't it it's got um, I've got a, I know I've got a strange feeling about this game and but but Stevie Clark will I guess it, among lots of other things he'll be saying to the players beforehand Mark will, will be this doesn't happen too often for yeah. Scott this ha in recent times this hasn't happened too often where we are two games where you know if you win two games you're at the World Cup yeah. um, it's not as if we're regulars there so it's a seize the moment job isn't it I, you know it's like um, Serbia um, mm. when we played uh, there for the, for, the, for the Euros you know that that um, that game um, and it was Israel uh, before it so yeah and you know We've tried a few times and we've failed. You know, we've mm. tried to qualify uh, for what five World Cups, uh, well, yeah. So that's what oh two, oh six, ten, fourteen, eighteen. Yeah, last five mm. World Cups, mm. um, we've failed to qualify. Um, so this is uh, a big chance, and you know, I think out of the two games, Rob, I think Ukraine's the most difficult one. Um, I know that the cliche is the next game is always the hardest. I get that, but um, I think I'm, I'm not overly confident I'm confident but not overly confident that we're going to beat Ukraine but if we do beat Ukraine I'll be a lot more confident that we'll, that we'll go to Cardiff and do a job in Wales yeah Barry I'm confident both games right 
Um, that's just the, the feeling I get from from this squad. I, I've said it for a, the last couple of years. Um, it was a slow burner to start with. It wasn't great to watch, but as time went on, Steve Clark's assembled a, a certain way of playing. A, he's assembled a real top squad in, in my eyes. Um, and I think both games will be tough, but I think we've got enough quality to, to see these two games um, through and, and get to Qatar. It was funny enough, I was watching a programme last night um, on TV, um, the amount of times we've failed to get to <laughs> World Cups. Um, but no, I've got a right good feeling about this squad and I've got a right manager in place in my eyes. If you had to be missing one player for this game, would Kieran Tierney be the last one you'd want to be missing? Yep. For me, he's Scotland's most important and most influential player. That's how highly I, I rate Kieran Tierney. I always thought he was a very good player when he was at Celtic, no doubt about it. A few eyebrows were maybe raised at £25 million going down to <coughs> Arsenal, but for me, he's worth three times that now, in my eyes. Um, and you, you've seen his performances for Scotland. Mm. I mean, there's been a lot of really good performances individually, but for me, Kieran Tierney's been Scotland's outstanding player. And I know um, John McGinn got the player of the year, and can't argue against that with his goal-scoring record and his performance. But for me, when I've watched the games... Kieran Tierney, not just a top player, he's a, he's a proper leader as well. I mean, obviously you can replace him um, because you, you're going to have to replace him, but uh, you're not going to put another Kieran Tierney in there. And, and I guess what that change of um, change of name in that left side of the back three does as well, it affects Andy Robertson because mm -hmm. those two work so well together. Yeah, um, but I suppose a good thing for anybody coming in, it must it'll give them a great comfort to have Andy Robertson mm -hmm. on the left-hand side and to have a goalkeeper like Craig Gordon um, behind them I'm trying to think, is it have we got an absolute standout like somebody that's definitely going to do it you know is it, is it Liam we, Cooper is it Scott McKenna yeah, I wonder we were, who it's going to be me and Rob are speaking about that before you, you come into the, the office that's there's, there's two areas or two positions in the team that I think um, are debatable and that's the left side of the three mm -hmm. it's either going to be Cooper or, or McKenna and I was saying to Rob I've watched McKenna now for the last I don't know six to eight weeks for Nottingham Forest and he's been outstanding mm. outstanding and on a position is who does he play up front does he go with Dykes and Adams or does he go with one of them with Christie mm. and behind because Ryan Christie's um, performances at, at Bournemouth this season have been outstanding he's now a Premier League player but I do like Shea Adams and mm. Lyndon Dykes together and if you're going to ask me who do I go the left of the three I think Steve Clark will go with Cooper but I would go with McKenna mm. that would be my choice and you don't think there's a dilemma about right wing back no Nathan Parsons not fit enough no so O'Donnell for me can not, play so not Tony Ralston not Aaron Hickey no, no I, the reason why I'm saying O'Donnell is because again Steve Clark knows what he's going to get for him mm -hmm. he's never let Scotland down look Ralston's been a revelation for Celtic this season if you ask me this the start of the season I wouldn't have thought he would have played as many games for Celtic but he's been excellent when he's come in for Celtic and no I'm going to go with with O'Donnell in that position Do you agree with that Mark? Uh, I think Hickey might get the nod mm -hmm. I think Aaron Hickey might get the nod I, I think any of the three of them could go in and, and do a job uh, and do it well um, and it, look, again I think always we always look at you know what we think of the players but you know Part of the selection process for Steve Clark will be 
who are they up against? Yeah. You know, who, yeah. who plays in that role? What type uh, of player yeah, is going to be for against Ukraine? Them. So who's also yeah. best suited to combating that? Or, you know, we, we know that the three of them can all bomb forward and get balls into the box and they've got great engines and they can go for 90 minutes, no problem. But who might be best suited to, to nullify, you know, for all we know, Ukraine's best player might play on the left-hand side. I, I, I don't know. So they would look mm. at that as well and that would be part of the decision-making process. But without having all that information in front of me, if I had to pick one out of the three just now, I think I would go with Hickey. Where does Zinchenko play for Ukraine, Barry? On the left side. The left wing back or does yep. he play further forward? No, for I them? think it's left wing back. That's right. his position. So right. that's who he'll be up against. Uh-huh. Whoever plays right wing back for Scotland. Um, look, ideally, if everybody was fit, it'd be Nathan Parson. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. Look, Hickey, I, I think in time will be a, a, a top player. But yeah. I just think Steve Clark will go with who's tried and trusted and let's be honest, Stephen O'Donnell has never let no, Scotland down. No, no. I think he plays at a, a different level when he's at Scotland. Also, no disrespect to Murrow, but he is playing with a high, yeah. higher calibre player in the, the Scotland national team. Mm. Um, but that's, I think he'll, he'll definitely go with Stephen O'Donnell in my mind. I just wonder whether the last few games have been leading towards Aaron Hickey starting in this game because he has he has got minutes mm-hmm. for Scotland. Stevie Clark clearly likes him. He clearly sees him as being very adaptable mm-hmm. uh, he's been playing at a really high level in Serie A with Bologna um, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure it's going, going to be Stephen Under- I, I get exactly what you're saying Barry and, and yes you know he, he is he's, he's never let the manager down oh I think it's where it'll be how they perform mm-hmm. you know, you know how, they, you, how you're shaping up tomorrow Sunday um, uh, you probably get two training sessions tomorrow and Sunday or whatever it may be um, and then probably come Monday, well, Barry, no bit of me. They'll actually shape up. He'll have his team, won't he? And then that's no start. I, I, Thursday, I, I eh, sorry, Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday before he gets yeah. everybody. Like you think about McKenna, he's playing on so Sunday that's right. in the playoff yeah. final, um, and you know what? The, the next day after the game, it's recovery. Um, so I think the only time he'll probably get everybody on the training field would probably Tuesday. be Tuesday, the day before the the game. It could be an amazing few days for Scott McKenna, couldn't it? If he clinches a place in the Premier League on Sunday and then starts for Scotland on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, Barry's seen he's watched him very closely for a couple of months now. I did have a, a look at him um, in the uh, the playoff game uh, for Nottingham Forest and uh, against Sheffield United, and, and he did do well. I mean, he looked very accomplished. You know, he, he was pinging, he was pinging balls. His range of passing was was bang on it as well, and. Um, Liam Cooper's been injured he's come back but he'll win a high because of the, the, the circumstances of Leeds staying up as well but I, it'll be an interesting one to see who he goes for Barry Sini thinks Clark will give Liam Cooper the nod uh, maybe a lot depending what what happens on, mm. on, on Sunday because if, if Scott McKenna well let's say there's extra time and, and, and they win or whatever or they don't win he might be a wee bit deflated he might be a wee bit low having had you know time under his belt whereas Cooper's had a week off now coming in so again those are all things that he'll need to um, assess so to be honest Rob you're, you're bang out of order trying to ask us uh, what our team is <laughs> <laughs> will, will you get back to me on that just get back to me when you can um, and, and of course you know a, a bit like the right wing back scenario in terms of the back three I suppose it's going to depend on what Stevie Clark reckons he's going to be up against what Ukraine are going to do up front you know do they have a lot of aerial power 
Um, or are they going to play it in defeat? Are they going to play it on the ground? Do you need speed more than physique and bulk? Uh, well, and well, heading well, McTominay and Hanley, is that yep. where we're going? And then yep. what, there's mm-hmm. the left hand One side. thing yeah. for sure, Hanley's yeah. going to play. Again, he's been solid as a rock at the, mm-hmm. at the back for, for Scotland. He plays in the centre, and I think McTominay, because mm-hmm. he likes somebody to come out with the ball, and McTominay, that's one thing he's good at. He can find the, the areas into midfielder, even into the striker. Um, so that that's. Certainly he's going to go with McTominay and Hanley. That's that's a, a certainty. McKenna's numbers are incredible, aren't they, for, for Nottingham yeah, Forest this season? Do you know what, Matt, Matt made a, a good point there. I've seen him about four or five times over the last six or so weeks and his range of passing. Has that really improved? That, big time, mm. big time. The way that Nottingham Forest play, they like to get the ball on the deck and they like to play it and the, the way they play with their wing-backs really high up the pitch, sitting like 60, 70 yard diagonals and that was one thing you probably say. He was always a good defender. Mm. Maybe that, could, that was missing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's one thing you, you could probably say he could have improved on. Um, but certainly when I've seen him, he's um, he's looked to part. His range of passing has been really good and he looks really comfortable on the ball. Was it around the mid of, middle of the season, I think, Nottingham Forest were bottom of the table? I mean, that guy, Steve Cooper, yeah. you know, he's obviously done wonders for Scott McKenna's game by the sounds of it. He's really added a lot to, to what he does. But just generally, to the, the to be where they are right now from where they were, it's incredible. Bottom of the league, yeah. yeah, the end of September. Yeah, incredible. To get to into the playoffs and now they've got their one game 90 minutes away or 120 minutes away for, from being back in the Premier League. A massive club. I think they'll do it. I think they'll beat Huddersfield yeah. to fancy uh, them. Yeah. All fancy day long. But yeah. Steve Cooper, when he was at Swansea, you know, the way they played, um, like you get the ball rolled out for the back and that's exactly what Nottingham Forest do and you would probably think would that suit Scott McKenna but listen, he, Scott McKenna's looking the part um, in the left side of that three for Nottingham Forest. And I think every season, Mark, that that figure goes up, doesn't it? About how much this game is worth, <laughs> how much it how much it's worth to be in the the elite yeah. in English football. I mean, it's it's big figures, isn't it, in terms of what this is worth? I, can't, well, I mean, I remember the, the last one we saw. I don't know if it's gone up again, but it was certainly minimum one hundred and twenty million. I think maybe one forty, one fifty. I think it's maybe closer to two hundred million or something. Oh my now. God! It's, it's... Right. Well, I mean, it has been built the the richest game in uh-huh. in football in history. You know, every season it's the richest game of the season. The prize money was at stake. Um, and for Forrest, yeah, uh, it'd be good to see Forrest back in the mm. back in the top flight. You know, Steve Cooper's got a reputation as a really conscientious coach. Um, you know, he's been in at Liverpool. He, he's learned. Um, he was in an England set up under 17s um, with uh, with Gary Southgate, and, and before that at St George's. So he's got really good uh, credentials, and um, for him to turn it around as quick as he has at the City Ground speaks volumes for what he's got in his locker. So it could be a big boost for McKenna on Sunday and already but then he's having got had a dilemma boost. if he wins the game yeah we celebrate <laughs> is, that your, is that your concern for him how much celebrating yeah, well, he's going to be able to do I'm sure Steve Clara make sure he's in the first flight right up <laughs> so we check his bank to make sure the bonus is clear before <laughs> does it do you think yeah, Stevie Clark will be man marking him afterwards yeah I mean uh, I would I would be on the phone um, within half an hour of the game finishing yeah um, but listen I'm, he's got plenty of time to celebrate he's got Obviously, the massive game for Nottingham Forest yeah. on Sunday, but he's got two even bigger games to try and get his his uh, national team to the World Cup. What I was going to say was uh, Ryan Christie's already had the party hat on. There's another player in the squad who's had a massive boost at his club mm-hmm. with Bournemouth heading for the Premier League as well. Well, a lot of people um, was it a right decision to leave Celtic? Look, 
Bournemouth are nowhere near the size of club as Celtic are, but it looks like a good move now. He's, he's a Premier League player. And I, I do think he's good enough to play in the Premier League, Ryan mm. Christie. Um, you obviously seen it as an opportunity to go and try and help Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth into the Premier League. Um, and again, I've, as you know, the Championship's on Sky all the time. And again, the, the qualities that Ryan, Christ, uh, Ryan Christie possesses are top quality. Um, he, he is a, a right good player. But that's one that I'm, again, I'm unsure whether does he go with Christie off? Ashley Adams or Dykes? I just really like Shea Adams and Dykes. I together. hope he goes with the two of them yeah, together, Barry. I, I really like the two of them. Game, you know, yeah. and that that's a most potent. And if it means you need to leave Christie in the in the bench or whatever it may be, or you're pushing McGinn up, you know, I, I don't know, but I think you know you've got to go and win the game. You want to try and get them in the back foot, and and I, I think we are we are at our best. We've got Dykes and, and uh, Adams together. Dykes and Adams and McGinn mm. just behind. Yeah. It's dangerous. And it's then you've got McGregor and Gilmer dictating the, the play. That's yeah. another one. There's a clamour for Ryan Jack back now playing to see him back in because mm. people were saying Billy Gilmer's not the best of seasons. But do you know what? I, th- I think that'll do Billy Gilmer the world of good. Going to Chelsea, it's totally different. Used to possession and winning all the time at at Chelsea he's seen a different side of the game I, I think for his development that move will do him wonders if only Stevie Clark listened to us uh, his team selection would be very straightforward we're giving away 250 quid in cash uh, later on about 20 past 6 that could be a wee boost for your holiday fund um, but you can't enter the competition unfortunately Barry well, otherwise we'd have got it in euros for you um, anyway that is coming later uh, we're talking football between now and 7 the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com your local friendly experts for new and used cars let's go Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors Barry Ferguson Mark Guidi and Rob McLean um, Scotland against Ukraine is Wednesday night 7.45 for that one big game tomorrow night really looking forward to Liverpool against Real Madrid for the Champions League. It's going to be an absolute belter, Barry. Will you be able to catch a bit of that tomorrow night, maybe? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be catching that. No, no doubt about it. I think it's going to be an absolute cracking game. Um, just uh, It's a, hard, a tough one because Real Madrid, to get the final, they've had some amount of comebacks. Um, and I just think one too many and I just look at Liverpool and I think obviously losing the league last game of the season um, last weekend I think they'll they'll get the treble Liverpool I think it'll be a tight game but I'm going to go with Liverpool Did we watch a bit of that last Sunday? Yeah we would have if Paul Cooney never (laughs) mucked about with a remote control and buggered the TV up we missed the goals just kept choosing their own game didn't he never trust him with anything technical (laughs) yeah Uh, it was was a dramatic Sunday wasn't it Um, I just wonder whether it's going to be all about Karim Benzema the season he's had whether there's another old chapter to be written by him uh, him and Modric two guys coming to the end of their time I suppose um, and two fantastic players to watch yeah, I mean, you could never never rule Real Madrid um, out. Carlo Ancelotti, he's got a fantastic record as a manager, very good record against Liverpool as well at the various clubs um, he's been at. Um, I, I just I think there's something about Liverpool tomorrow night. I agree with Barry. You know, I think maybe Real Madrid have, have ridden a lot. But that said, you've got to be bang on it. You know, you've got to be right on it. And if any players not, then you know the other team are going to um, going to punish them. Uh, is it? Salah's last game 
Um, there's stuff about Manny as well um, doing the round so um, you don't know but uh, Benzema's on fire I mean he's really looked the part and uh, he will punish Liverpool if he's given uh, any opportunity so whatever happens it's going to be a cracking cracking game I just think of Liverpool's front three bring their A game they'll have too much Diaz, Salah and, and Manny if they three are on fire Liverpool win the, the Champions League We've just had Rangers in the Europa League final. Um, is it crazy to contemplate in the years ahead that Scotland can have a team in the Champions League final? No, I don't think it's ever going to happen because of the finances, Rob. Never. No, there's no. there's absolutely no chance. I, I think it's it's just great for Scottish teams to get into the group stages of the Champions League. I think it's a bit asking too much to to win the the, the group stage. Yeah. Never mind the, the Champions League final. Um, I think it would be a success if they finished second. Celtic are obviously in the Champions League. Mm. Um, Rangers have got qualifying games to get through that. I, I think they've got to be aiming to try and get second in the, the group stage. And if not, it's third and obviously Europa League. And I guess it's like, um, it's the advantage Celtic and Rangers have in Scotland, Mark, isn't it? Where the rich get richer, don't they? Uh, and they pull away and there's a massive gulf and all the rest of it. The, I guess the same rever- in reverse for Rangers and Celtic happens in Europe where there there are those elite clubs like Liverpool, Man City, Real Madrid and all the rest um, who are rich and, and tend to get richer. I, I mean, I think for you know for Celtic or Rangers to ever get to the, the Champions League fight, you, you would need to beat a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich or a Liverpool or a Man City you know one or two of them you know on a knockout basis and you, know, you, you might nick a draw you know I think um, you know Celtic get a draw they drew at, twice at, didn't yeah, they with Man City down at the Etihad for sure Rangers got a draw against Barca when, when Barry played in Walter's team um, a number of years ago so look there, there's opportunities um, to go and do it but to, to do that over a sustained uh, period and, and the, let's be honest the gap's getting wider mm. You know, Celtic in the past what, seven twice at the last seven seasons in the Champions League to get through the qualifiers. Rangers couldn't manage through the qualifiers last summer, so even just to do that is a, is a hell of a task. It's a big, big achievement to get through qualifiers uh, for any other club. So to get to a Champions League final, I don't think it's going to happen. I never thought, to be honest, after two thousand and eight, that we'd have another Scottish team in a, a Europa final, UEFA final. Um, I didn't think it was happening, and Rangers defied the odds uh, to get there last week, but. Um, you know, it's uh, it's like saying would, would could Scotland get to a World Cup final? I think you're talking that's the yeah. kind of level yeah. that you're asking. It's um, I think it's just great for us to beat the party and anything beyond that's a, a bonus. But I, I don't go expecting uh, too much. I see that Roma winning the Conference League final uh, guarantees Rangers top seeding in the Europa League groups if that's the way it goes next season. For Rangers if they don't qualify for the Champions League which obviously is the first target but if they do drop down to the Europa League groups um, it seems as if they're going to be top seeds so maybe we could see Rangers recreating this season in Europe all over again Yeah it's going to be tough but I think most important thing for Rangers is they try and make sure they get in that group stage Rob mm. that, that's Just because the, well, the money is so much yeah, bigger the, the, the money's um, crazy there's a massive gap between Champions League and Europa League um, so Rangers first aim is to make sure they get in the Champions League uh, they've got to for the for the finances um, and that would obviously help the manager in the transfer market yeah 
Um, of course, had Rangers already been in, uh, like Cel- as with Celtic, um, that helps so much uh, in the next month or two um, in terms of guaranteeing incoming players Champions League football. I mean, I'm looking at the, the rumours surrounding Calvin Bassey, which are kind of non-stop at the moment. Um, and suddenly that figure that's gone up from 15 million to 20 million in this studio is now heading to about 25 at the last count. Uh, Aston Villa, of course, managed by Steven Gerrard, are quoted with having an interest. RB Leipzig, who played Rangers, are quoted with an interest as well. There's a lot of talk, Mark, at the moment about Calvin Bassey. Yeah, and it's great. It's great for, for the player. It's great for Rangers, maybe, because you know they've, they've turned a guy into nothing that they got for nothing in a development um, from from uh, Leicester City into anything, you know, fifteen to twenty five million quid. You know, I, I think they would probably achieve twenty five with add-ons. Um, I'm not so sure they would, they would get twenty five guaranteed, if you know what I mean, Rob. But but you never know. It depends what kind of movement there is with players in that area. It just depends how desperate clubs get mm. uh, you know towards the end of the window or how desperate are they to get them in at the start you know if they've got big games and want to go off to get a flyer European cover I think it'll be interesting all over Europe I don't know who these agents are but no doubt they'll be working hard behind the scenes to generate as much interest as they can um, and it's then up to Rangers if acceptable bids um, come in or not um, but there's the other option of pretty much killing the speculation and, and sitting the boy down mm-hmm. and, and, and tying him down giving him an extra few quid and putting another year or two um, on his contract and say look just stay for one more one more year as as, as happened uh, with many players you know, mm. that's, that's you just give us one more year you're young you're still learning he's had a terrific six months under Giovanni Van Bronckhurst um, you know stay with us again but that said when you're a business um if you to sell Calvin Bassey, that's almost your Champions League money guaranteed, Rob. Mm-hmm. Or selling one player, and that is a business model. Um, you know, and you wonder if there's a, a bit of regret with Rangers with Alfredo Morelos when they knocked back 16 million quid mm-hmm. uh, from Leo uh, two summers ago. Did they call that right from a business point of view? They probably didn't. Um, so that'll be in their mind as well. You've got to pick the right moment to cash in the best possible time, and that best possible time might be within the next four or five weeks in terms of Calvin Bassey it might not be but we'll be and see also the worry is having a Connor Golson scenario with Morelos and Kent and Aribo letting guys run down their contract I I think Rangers won't make that same mistake Mm. guys like going into the final year they'll want to say right do you want to be here do you want to Mm. sign an extension if not then I think Rangers might need to look at offloading guys who are Ryan Kent's going into his final year, isn't he? Yep. Uh, Morelos mm-hmm. as well and Joe Aribo. Right. Yeah. So Ryan Jack, that, no? No? I'm not too sure. Right. Mark, I'm not too sure. But that Rangers can't allow no. a Connor Golson scenario again. Because if you had a year or, or say two years in your contract, you're talking you get good money for Connor Golson. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about it. So I think Rangers will be sitting down with these guys and, and seeing what kind of vibe they're getting do they want to be here do they want to go and try something different and if they do then Rangers might need to go and sell them and, and replace them because they'll get decent money still yeah, yeah. with the three players that mm-hmm. I mentioned because yeah. in my eyes they're, they're very good players but in terms of Bassey I'd be very surprised if Rangers haven't sat him down since the Scottish Cup final is that what you'd be doing? I'd get, have sat him it. down as soon yeah. as he came into the dressing room <laughs> I, I would have nailed his boots to the floor I would have I would have wait until he get changed or whatever and 
when they're back at Ibrook celebrating or whatever it calms down what a wee chat with you mm-hmm. let's get something organised get your agent in here as quickly as possible because Mark called it two weeks ago he could be Rangers biggest asset well no could be he is Rangers biggest asset now yeah I'd, I'd also think the point Barry makes if you draw a comparison to Celtic last summer well the two that come to the top of my head Ayer and Edward both in the final years of your deal are you staying you want to sign this new deal mm-hmm. no well you're going yeah. and I think they get what 30 million quid for the two of them mm-hmm. maybe more maybe mm-hmm. 33, 34 that's what you've got you can't mess about now you know listen Rangers you know probably not back in the lost money to, to, to win the league and stop the 10 and get the 55th we get that with Conor Goldson they've just probably held on to the, th- the thought that maybe we'll still pers- be able to persuade them particularly if they had got into the Champions League guaranteed and they might still sign on who knows so they've taken a wee gamble on that but, but with other guys now you, you can't do it because they want that business model Stuart Robertson is on record as saying this is our business model he's not actually said we want to copy Celtic but that's what they want to do and that's the right thing to do mm. uh, and fans will, will, will accept it yeah you want to see the best guys stay but at some point you know you're, um, you're developing them and improving them to fatten them up to sell them on mm-hmm. and that's the, the, the stage that's now been reached with three or four players at Rangers the, the three players that I mentioned you're talking 30 million plus yeah for the three of them mm-hmm. so I, 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 I honestly believe that Rangers can't let the, the Golson thing what happened this season run down I agree with Mark they probably thought there was a, a, a chance but as time goes on it's looking very slim that he's going to be here you heard Gio doing his presser last week um, a very small chance to, to keep him mm-hmm. You, you can't take that chance nowadays. That's too much money to, to lose out in. And with Calvin Bassey, you just want to get something sorted with him as soon as, otherwise you're going to have a summer of speculation. Yeah, I'll be honest, Rob, about a year ago, I, I would never have believed I'd be talking in this kind of bracket about mm. Calvin Bassey, but I, I've got to be honest with you. Um, he's turned into, for me, a, a top player. And what I love is, I think I mentioned that a few times, he can play a few positions he can play in left side of a two can play left side of a three he can play left wing back he can play left back which he done in the Scottish Cup final and I thought he was the best player in the park um, him and John Suter some of the balls that he, he whipped in and his energy levels and if you drew a centre back you would draw Calvin Bassey strong, mm. powerful and he's getting better as well in terms of with the ball um, so for me Rangers have got to get him tied down and just say to him listen have another season continue your development here play a full season come next summer then you're talking kind of Kieran Tierney's that, that's the kind of bracket I would put him in and that was 25 million that was 25 million well I think it was 20 million uh, wasn't he straight 25 million right. I'm sure Kieran Tierney that was with add-ons was it no mm-hmm. right about that so you've got to be looking at that for Calvin Bassey but for me I think it's important for his career that he stays another year and plays another full season and, and continues his development because, as I say, I think he could turn into a top, top player. Anyone's going to be tempted, you know, when you when you see some of those cl- the clubs being mentioned, the figures being mentioned, I mean, that, that would uh, play with anyone's head. But, um, as Barry said there, Mark, you know, you look at the impact Giovanni van Bronckhorst has had in six months with Calvin Bassey. So to have another full season at least, you would imagine he's going to come on. If he continues to develop at the rate he has done recently, um, he's going to be an even bigger asset. I mean, he's he's you know one of the first names in the team sheet now for Rangers. I, I think it's uh, 
I would play him at left centre half all the time. If you're playing a back four, you know, I just think half him is one of the cornerstones of, of your team. And, and if it's suited alongside him or whoever it's going to be, left back, Barisic maybe away. Uh, Rangers probably looking for a left back, but I, but I would have um, Calvin Bassey as one of your centre halves. But then you think to yourself, you're taking away that delivery down the left hand side when he's put two on a plate. Mm. Rangers should have been two ahead. Aribo and Diallo miss sitters from fantastic crosses um, from, from Bassey. So you're taking that out of his game because again, Barry's mentioned Kieran Tierney. You think a Kieran Tierney up and down that left hand side as a left back, mm. brilliant. Then you put him into the left centre half, and he's brilliant. But you're missing, so it's it's like it's way not up in it. Where do you where do you see him play? Or um, do we have another left centre back that, that we can put in there instead of? But look, whatever it is, he's a top player. He's brilliant, and I don't know the boy at all. But from things that you that you hear about and you can see, he's he's low maintenance. He's a good pro. Uh, he's no a Billy big time you know he's kept his his feet in the ground and and, and he looks a right good type and it's going to be a massive uh, profit margin when Rangers eventually decide to sell will it be in the summer will they get an offer they can't refuse or will they get another season at least out of Calvin Bassey uh, before they think about moving him on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go. it's Barry Ferguson Mark Guidi and Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show and uh, we are looking ahead tomorrow night. It is Liverpool against uh, Real Madrid. Actually, before that, we're giving away 250 quid in cash at about 20 past six uh, tonight. Uh, a football quiz, a head-to-head. Um, so that is going to be very interesting in about 40 minutes' time. Uh, Liverpool-Real Madrid for the Champions League then, eight o'clock in Paris. Uh, tomorrow night is going to be quite a game. Sunday, that match uh, with many millions uh, hanging over at Huddersfield against Nottingham Forest. Half four in the afternoon uh, for that one on Sunday. Uh, it's the playoff final and of course it's a place in the Premier League. Fulham and Bournemouth have already gone up. Will it be Huddersfield? Will it be Nottingham Forest to include, of course, Scott McKenna in their ranks? Uh, Steve Cooper having done an amazing job at the City ground. Sunday as well is the Scottish Women's Cup final at Celtic against Glasgow City. Uh, City uh, needing to win uh, to avoid a first trophyless season in 17 years. That tells you something about their uh, dominance up to recent times. They lost to Celtic in the League Cup final. Uh, Rangers ended their 14-year reign as league champions. So Glasgow City looking to win against Celtic in the Scottish Cup final. And that is on Sunday. News today, Barry, that Charlie McCann uh, of Rangers has uh, won his first senior Northern Ireland call up so uh, an emerging talent and another one we talk about Alex Lowry we talk about Leon King a lot uh, Charlie McCann's a talent as well yeah he, he, he's had a wee bit of um, game time at, at Rangers I've seen that today Rob um, certainly got potential um, I think he's potentially he, he has got the ability to, to try and make that breakthrough next season it, it's always when a, a young player initially comes in it's a falling season can they kick on again that's important like say you, you just mentioned Lowry Leon King and now Charlie McCann now he's got his, his senior call up now that tells you that there's something in there and Gio's trusted him he, he gave as I said quite a number of them with um, a game against Hearts at Tynecastle it was great to see so many young players get that opportunity and as I've, I've said for many years I've not seen enough players coming through at Rangers 
because there is a lot of investment in the youth side but now you're starting to see players come through and there's no better thing mm. at a football club when you see emerging talent and certainly Rangers have got a, a small group of players that could potentially save the club millions in the future yeah, McCausland and McKinnon, they came on um, in that game at Tynecastle against Hearts. Cole McKinnon scored. Uh, quite a few coming through. But it, but it's decision time, isn't it, in the summer? Uh, are they going to be in and around the first team next season, so getting a bit of game time? Or or are they not quite there? In which case, maybe a loan is the, the best idea, Mark, to, to keep them going. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the loan market works well um, for clubs. Um, but also also depends as well how the squad um, shapes up you know who you might lose who you're able to get in and if you think you know I'm not going to bring in a specific player just for the sake of it I'd, I'd rather go and give the one of the kids um, a chance to have a go like Rangers did with with, with Patterson is back up to Tavernier you know they, they put him in um, a few times it worked well Lowry's came in um, and got his chance um, so look there's a few um, there but, but it's up to the kids I mean I think the what must be a real positive for the, the youth team players at Rangers is there's a pathway into the first team mm. providing you're good enough. But if you are good enough, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will give you a chance and he'll work with you. If you show an appetite to go and get better, and to go and learn and be a good young pro, him and, and Dave Voss and Roy McKay and all the rest will all put the hours in with you to try and give you the best chance to get into that first team. Adam Devine's another one I, I didn't mention there who's mm. had a few games at, at right back uh, recently. Yeah, but the the guys, the the young players at Rangers, they've been in and out of the eighteen. See next year, likes of Lowry and King, they need to make sure they're cementing their, their place in that eighteen and pushing to get in the the, the starting eleven. I'm not saying they're going to play, but that that's once you get a taste of it. Mm-hmm. My my worry is they get carried away and they think, oh, right. that's that's me made it. It's not about that, and Gio keep a close eye on that, but. Martin made a good point there. There is a clear pathway now. doesn't it matter what age you are. If Gio sees potential and he sees ability, he will give you that opportunity. And that's what you want at a big club. Um, and now it'll attract even more younger players when their, their parents or whatever are looking and thinking, mm, listen, look at them, 18, 19 years of age. They're, they're getting a sniff at, at Rangers. Because quite a lot of young players don't go to the old firm because they, they fear that they'll never get that chance but certainly at Rangers this season it's, it's been shown that there is an opportunity there is a clear pathway and if you're good enough the manager will clearly involve you So is Giovanni Van Bronckhorst thinking about that in terms of how he puts together his squad for next season but, numbers you know players he, how many players he's going to sign keeping that pathway open into the first team Yeah but it'll be the back of his mind I, I, I think two of the players that are stand Lowry's a standout he, he's got to be looking to be involved in 18 and so is, uh, is King um, obviously John Shooter signed at looks of Golson's away he could be looking at being that fourth centre back because most managers like four centre backs at the club so you're going to have Bassey hopefully staying you're going to have John Shooter coming in for Hearts Hollander's still going to be there and that fourth one could be Leon King and, and Lowry look at, when you've seen him play there's no doubt he, he can play at that level um, again, my only worry is making sure that he continues to work hard and keep his feet in the mm. ground. It's just, uh, you'll hear me say that a lot, but it's easy for these players to disappear. It's important that they go and they, they work even harder than they did before they get into the, the first team. Go and do extra work after training. Go and speak to the experienced players. Go and show a good attitude and a good appetite and 
I, I think they two have got to be looking at being involved more next season. What adds to that as well is the lengths Rangers went to to keep Alex Lowry because there was interest yeah, in yeah. England. So yep. so they've actually pushed the boat out to to keep him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the next step would be involving him more and more. You would imagine, Mark, with the first team. Yeah, I mean that's what we're saying a bit a bit um, a bit. You know the situation with Calvin Bassey. You know Rangers have been really proactive uh, with with Alex Lowry. And again, probably in the back of their minds, I think. We don't want a Billy Gilmer scenario in our hands mm. here but we're losing, albeit Loudy's played more first-team games than what Billy Gilmer got at Rangers. But that had been on their mind. And again, there's no doubt that uh, Alex Lowry has liked being a part of it. He's been involved and he's thought, something about this, I like this. I like the coaches, I like the boys round about me, whether it's Ryan Jack, Steve Davis. Um, they're good to me. They work hard with me. And if I do well, they'll let me go and Rangers can get a few quid for me and I can go and uh, move on so yeah it's, it's a good sign for Rangers all round when talented young players um, commit the fuse when I think they've just lost a young striker this week who said he's 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 going to leave Is that Rory Wilson? Yeah Wilson yeah, which is probably a boy he looks as though he's a top player you know 45-50 goals um, this season so you know it's not easy to keep your best young players I think Celtic lost one or two to Bayern Munich and stuff mm. so you know they can get their heads turned at a young age, and sometimes you you so wonder wh- it, why you do it. Ben Doak. Ben Doak's going to Liverpool, Liverpool. that's right. Yeah, Ben Doak's away to Liverpool as well. So it's not easy as well. You've got to work hard to keep these guys because the big clubs down south and clearly clubs abroad now are well. They're sniffing about all the time to get the best young talent. I mean, five years ago, Bayern Munich and clubs like that we didn't come over here to try and get our teenagers, but now they are. They've got a scouting system in place to go and try and nick our best young talent it's, it's great to see but players breaking through mm. I, I love to see young players being given that opportunity because there is a lot of talented players out there it's just I don't think they get the opportunities because some managers would rather go for that bit of experience that bit of know-how um, but clearly um, Gio's seen something in them and I, I've, I've watched Lowry for, for the past season um, and he's different yeah. You know, you get your typical midfielder who maybe likes to go on the ball and pass it. He can. How how could I, I describe him? He he's glides with the ball. He he's a different sort of midfielder, and that that's what I like about him. And funny enough, I, I bumped into his dad in in Seville. Um, had a good chat with him for fifteen or, or twenty minutes. Um, and he's he's got high hopes, but he he knows that he's still got a lot of work to do. Where do you where do you like do you like him starting out on the left where he sometimes plays? Where where do you like Lowry, him? Uh-huh. Centrally. Central. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think he's um he's more dangerous in that, that that position. I mean, it's great that he can play a number of positions. Normally you get players that are just get one position. Well he can mm-hmm. play in the right, he can play in the left, but in that kind of number eight, number ten role, I think he's more effective. And he's clearly not Overall, is he? I mean, he, you know, he's happy to take the ball. He's happy to take the responsibility you, on the pitch. Do you know what I like? I, I seen him make a couple of mistakes at, at Tynecastle. Yeah, yeah. A couple of miscontrols of the ball, misplaced passes. Wants it again. Love that. Doesn't he go and hide? And that's brilliant to see for, for a young player. So that tells me that he's got confidence in his own ability. And Leon King uh, as well. Um, I think we can probably expect both of those to be very much in and around. And and then it's all about how they do, isn't it? They, yeah. they, you know, you can make yourself undroppable if you if you're contributing at a high enough level. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all in the hands of the young players. 
Rob, because we've said they will be given an opportunity. So if they're given that opportunity, it's up to them to take it. And if they do well, they'll stay in the team. So, you know, it's really down to the players now. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has made it clear to them the evidence is there. If you're good enough, you'll get a game for us. It's over to you. Definitely adds to the identity of the, the team as well. That's 60 minutes of uh, football chat. Um, another hour to come. And of course, we've got that 250 quid to give away in about uh, 20 minutes' time. News at six next. There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new iGo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Find your nearest dealership at MacklinMotors.com Let's go! Welcome back to the second hour. Rob McLean, Barry Ferguson, Mark Greedy on the show uh, tonight and tomorrow night of course it's the Champions League final Liverpool against Real Madrid in Paris 8 o'clock kick-off Liverpool six times winners Real have won it a record 13 times will they make it 14 they beat Liverpool 3-1 in the final four years ago both teams are chasing their third trophy of the season Champions League tends to be the gift that keeps on giving uh, I think we're going to get some drama tomorrow night um, that seems to be guaranteed uh, all the way through the Champions League knockout stages and of course Wednesday night it is knockout at Hamden at Scotland and Ukraine uh, playing for a place in the playoff final and that game of course leads to a place in Qatar at uh, the World Cup in November December it's a tantalising prospect and Scotland are going well. We're in the middle of a run of eight games unbeaten. I think we've done, we've done pretty well since last summer. Uh, we're in a good place. I've, I've gone pretty much same again. I've added one or two in. Nothing new, no, no shocks. Everybody that comes in knows what to expect for the work. I know what to expect from them and they know, know what to expect from me. So hopefully we just pick up where we are in March and we, we just keep that unbeaten run going for two more games at least. Barry and Mark are going to uh, pick their lineup. Uh, I guess we're not far away from it um, between us. Maybe two, three places with a question mark hanging over. Um, just uh, reminding ourselves of the squad. Uh, Xander Clark, Craig Gordon, he's clearly going to be in goals. Liam Kelly and David Marshall uh, heading for Hibs uh, for next season. David Marshall back in the squad. Defenders, Liam Cooper. Uh, Grant Hanley will be a starter. Jack Hendry, Aaron Hickey, could he play? Scott McKenna, Barry fancies him to play left side of the defence. Stephen O'Donnell, will he be the right wing back? Nathan Patterson is in the squad, but not quite ready. Uh, Tony Ralston, could he just complete that fairy tale season at Celtic by starting for Scotland on Wednesday night? Andy Robertson, who's involved in uh, both the games we're talking about there, uh, for Liverpool in Paris uh, tomorrow night, and then back to lead Scotland out at Hamden. Uh, let's hope he doesn't pick up an injury uh, because we don't want both he and Kieran Tierney missing. Uh, John Souter is in the squad. Greg Taylor, Stuart Armstrong. Uh, Barry's nephew is in the squad Lewis uh, Billy Gilmore 
is there Ryan Jack will he be competition for Gilmore or will Stevie Clarks leave that midfield three the way it is I fancy he probably will John McGinn will uh, start Callum McGregor will be in the team Scott McTominay surely will be right side of the back three David Turnbull's in the squad Che Adams Jacob Brown Ryan Christie Lyndon Dykes and Ross Stewart of Sunderland who's had a really good season it's good to see him in the squad I wonder what the future holds for him yeah over 20 goals for, for Sunderland um, promoted into the, the championship he's obviously been linked with, with Rangers I, I, I've got to be honest with you at Ross County he really impressed me mm-hmm. um, and he, he got his move down to Sunderland and a lot of people probably thought he may have struggled but listen he's banged the goals in and now he's he's in, he's in the championship um, he's a player that I like uh, I can see why Rangers would be be looking at him and he deserves to be in the in the, the Scotland squad no doubt about that but in terms of, I was just thinking there you mentioned the name John Suter just thinking that as well yep. I, I, I've got to be honest with you I thought he was outstanding mm-hmm. yeah. in, in the cup final mm-hmm. now I, in terms of John Suter he's always been a really good footballer good on the ball good rangy passing but do you know what impressed me he's defending mm-hmm. his he, defending was, was top class um, mm-hmm. in, in that cup final and he he'd barely trained I think Yep, he, and he must be in the, the thinking. Mm-hmm. Steve right. Clark, I mean, I'm sure Steve Clark would have been at the final, yeah. watching it um, yeah. in the flesh. And does he got, does he possibly does he make you rethink your back three at all? Yeah, just when you mentioned that name, mm-hmm. it just yeah, and the fact that he's actually had such a good game at Hamden mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. I know it's, a, it's just a small thing, mm-hmm. but you know yeah. he's actually just he's played on the pitch. Thing. Yeah, it's he's been brilliant. 120 minutes, body in the line, didn't look tired, you know, wasn't it yeah. fault for, for any goals, the goals just happened, but, you know, had it not been for him and, you know, Rangers missed a couple of sitters then, you know, the, wouldn't they have got to extra time in the game mm. in over 90 minutes, so, I, it's funny when you read out John's again, I just thought, right, does he, you know, does that mean that possibly Hanley would, would miss out, but Steve Clapp really yeah. likes Hanley, he's a yeah. warrior, um, but, let's get what, what we can See, there's, there's great options, but I think Ryan Jack will start the game. You're talking about, you know, McGregor, McGinn, you, Gilmore. So you think instead of Gilmore? You don't think he'll break up that three? Look, I, I probably don't think he will either, but I know, I know he'll be looking at ways of trying to get Ryan Jack in the team. Mm. And if it works well, he'll do it. But if he thinks no, obviously assessing Billy Gillis has had that uh, kind of injury as well. I think Callum McGregor and John McGinn are sets to start, certs to start. I know that Steve Clark really rates Ryan Jack mm-hmm. I think probably more than any other in the squad in terms of being that holding midfielder that protection uh, for the back three uh, and you know that's why I've just mm, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ryan Jack start the game possibly at, at the, the expense of Billy Gilmer See that, this is a beauty of this squad real competition for, for places brilliant options that Mark just mentioned there and mm. again I mean, Ryan Jack for me is that perfect anchor? Then that maybe allows a Callum McGregor to push a bit further forward where he's really dangerous as well. Um, but I agree, John McGinn and Callum McGregor are certs to start the game. Then Billy Gilmer, I mean, in terms of playing in a Scotland jersey, he's been outstanding. Mm. Even when he's not been playing much for Norwich? Yep. Um, I know he had that injury, but listen, he, the injury must be fine because he's named in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that three... Have really worked well together, looked really yeah. comfortable, and 
It's that continuity a, thing yeah, as well. There's a great it? mix in there. There's there's real hard workers. There's physicality. Great, brilliant football brains. Guys that can run the game. But then <laughs> you talk about Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack's a oh, player that he scored a belter at Hamden last yeah, week as well. I, yeah, I know, and he's a player that Steve Clark really likes. So he's got real problems at night sleeping probably with, I mean I say there's two positions but there could be four or five positions mm. but that that's that's what's great about this squad like I, I think previous years you could pick the team easy and you knew it was going to be be playing because the guys on the bench weren't strong enough to come into no. that starting 11 now no. guys that you're leaving out that team are easily strong enough to play in the, the starting 11 if you did play John Suter how, how do you fit him in? If you were going to fit him yeah, in the again, back there, three. I you put him on the, the right side. I mean, I'm speaking about Scott McTominay playing at the back and the right side of a three. Mm-hmm. Great coming out with the ball. So is John Suter. Mm-hmm. So, and John Suter. What, what, can John his, Suter, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but can John Suter play a right wing back role? No, in, in terms of just being I more. I think he could because I know. think good players could play. He's an intelligent most, player, yeah, isn't he? But, I like him at centre back. Yeah. Do, do you know what I like about John Suter? He's had a few serious injuries, but is he physically as well now? He's he's matured. Ah, yeah. He? yeah, he's a big. He's boy. not. He's not pushed around anymore, yeah, is and he? And I was speaking to Lee McCullough last week about him, and he says he's deceived. And Andy Halliday mm-hmm. at Jimmy Bell's funeral, they were saying he's deceivingly so quick. You don't realise he's that quick, but he says he's one of the quickest players, or one of the quickest defenders that they have seen as well, and a defender with pace. Um, is a great thing to have mm. in your team I, I just think if it wasn't Stephen O'Donnell at right wing back it would probably be um, Hickey or Ralston yeah. maybe rather than Suter you know you're, you're trying to squeeze him into the team yeah, and, I, I'm just, and I understand I, I, I why think, because yeah, 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 he's, he's a top player you have you never named a squad out? have you never <laughs> read that squad <laughs> anymore any you're right. hiding anyone's been hiding look I don't know but that's what Steve Clark's there for and again we can see you know Suter plays really well and Ryan Jack can do this or Hickey can do that or Gilmore can do this but again he will be assessing the strengths of, of Ukraine and where mm. they can hurt us yeah. and who's best to deal with that um, so that comes into the thinking as well so you know that when he picks his starting 11 he's picked it for a reason he's picking it because he thinks that's the best starting eleven to get as a result in ninety minutes. I, I, you know, I think there's five certs to play. Mm-hmm. There's Craig Gordon. There's... I thought you were eight at the top of the show. Yeah, no, I'm changing every. every <laughs> minute. I've got my team. I've got my team. What I think you'll uh-huh. go with, yeah. but you've got Craig Gordon. You've got Grant Hanley, who I think's been top class in a Scotland jersey. Mm-hmm. You've got Andy Robertson. You've got Callum McGregor, and you've got John McGinn. Mm-hmm. Is Jay Adams not a cert? Is he not an automatic? He'd be a certain my team, him and Lyndon Dykes. But if it's one up, if it is one up and it's Christy then, off, it, it's got to be Adams, hasn't it? Rather than but Dykes. Then, but Dykes has played up there and yeah. Dykes I know has, he has, has yeah. been excellent yeah. for, and for I think we, I think we all like the like the two of them. I think yeah. we would all have the two of them in the team. I think I'm, Dykes is best is better than Adams as, as a lone striker. Mm. But the best is, is, is playing the two of them. I, I think you've got to go the two of them together mm. and then, you know, work your, your middle three you know, from that, but you know, you're, you're two in, you're back three, and then it's you know what he decides to uh, to do in there. But I, I really hope he goes with uh, with Dykes and uh, and Adams. You know, 
get you can you know okay, I know they've been in a training camp for for 10 12 days now maybe a wee bit longer but you know go and get at them mm. you know we're at Hamden 50,000 get them on the back foot don't give them any encouragement get our two strikers right up there on their defenders no giving them a minute's piece we've got a solid back we've got one of the best left full backs or left wing backs in the land you know we're talking about guys that have just played in a, a, a European final guy it's just about to sign for Rangers Callum McGregor John McGinn who rips up the English Premier League every week so we've got some top players but go with, go with Adams Aye, and Diggs they're, they're a very good partnership but you know what as well they're workhorses they run channels they harass defenders and I, I'm, I'm with you if you go with the two up top there's, I wouldn't say they're natural goal scorers but you know what they'll, they'll cause problems teams will not enjoy playing against them because physically they're strong players um, and as I said, they they do the dirty side, they brilliant, and they they'll they'll have the def- defenders on the ropes most of the game. Yeah, and it's also as we know in the modern game, it's unusual to be a front two. So right away, mm. you're, you're you're posing Ukraine problems. You're mm. saying to their coaching staff or their back four, whoa, 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 whoa. how how do we all get? As soon as he's right, how are we going to cope with this? What are we going to do? And all you're putting a bit of you're putting a bit of doubt in their mind right away. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that that sort of feeling of what makes them uncomfortable, what's going to trouble them defensively, what's going to uh, knock them out of their stride, that, that comes into his thinking, as well as just quite simply, what's his best team? Yeah, I, I think you've got to be respectful and, and look at their strengths and weaknesses, but I think we've, we've got to think of ourselves first and foremost. How, how can we... We've got to take the game to Ukraine. And I just think when we play with two up top, we, we look at a real threat every time and I, I just like Shea, Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes and McGinn where he's let off a leash to get up with them yeah. and run beyond them and then you've got the two kind of anchors or two midfielders who are controlling the game I just think when Scotland play like that mm-hmm. we look a better outfit and we look a more dangerous outfit so, so, so the big one there is is it Jack or Gilmore I, I think I think Gilmore is, is better at joining up the game Mm-hmm. You know, coming and getting it and bump, bump, bump and probing and, and making forward thinking passes. Jack's better as, as being a, a destroyer. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy who will just snuff out danger, lead the game and, and protect his, his, his back. And listen, he can, he can forage up the part as well, mm-hmm. as we know, but his, his strengths are as a defensive midfielder. So again, it's what Steve Clark. To be fair, we, we Billy Gilmer, he does put a foot in. Mm-hmm. He's not scared to get, to get wired in. Um, but it's... <laughs> He's, posi- he's positive as well, isn't he? He's really positive player, Billy Gilmore. Every thought yeah, is. Yeah, I just think forward. he's a, a brilliant me footballer to, to watch. Um, but again, then there's I thought Callum McGregor. He's no doubt about uh, it. He he's he he's playing, he's mm-hmm. playing. But Ryan Jacks, a player that I rate highly as well, and we all know that Steve Clark really likes him as well. So he, he's got a a few decisions to make. But um, I've made my decision in my starting eleven. One very comforting thought for Stevie Clark, which will not at all keep him awake at night, is goalkeeper. Um, what a nice feeling! What a what a com- what a warming feeling it is to have Craig Gordon in goals and to think, just about every game you see him play, he pulls off a couple of big saves. Yeah, you know he's got that in his locker, Robin. He will be called into action on Wednesday. There's no doubt about that. There's going to be times when Craig Gordon's going to have to produce something very special. And we know that he's capable um, of doing it. So, you know, again, he's just played at Hamden Park last week. Won't do any harm uh, at all in front of a full house. So he'll be up for it. Um, and we see, OK, he was in the losing side with Hearts. 
but he two or three top saves. What about the save mm. for Rebo? Oh, is that from his foot? Yeah, that's, that's a ridiculous right. save. Mm, yeah, after the penalty wasn't given. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was, it was a penalty. But yeah. to be fair, to Rebo, he, he stayed on yeah, his he on his feet. It's yeah. easy for Rebo to go down. He's done really well, but that was a ridiculous oh, save. Crazy save. Yeah. I mean, what is he forty? Well, 30, he's 39. 39. Um, yeah, he's a he's a top-class goalkeeper, Craig Gordon. We mentioned Billy Gilmore there. His brother, Harvey, who's 17, has just signed for Kilmarnock. He's done a, a year's deal uh, with Kilmarnock. I wonder if he's going to be a chip off the old block. Yeah, I've, I've never seen him play. No. Um, I, I've heard of him, obviously. He was he was in the, the Kilmarnock youth system and he's, he, he signed a, it's a year's contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've I seen the picture, actually. Uh, Billy, he was obviously at rugby park, mm. so that's a nice touch for his his brother. And if he's half as good as his brother, he's got a real chance in the game. Maybe Billy's his agent. It could be. Maybe <laughs> half his Billy's agent. I'd <laughs> be even better. <laughs> <laughs> and as and as uh, Harvey Gilmore signs uh, for Kilmarnock, uh, Chris Burke leaves, uh, offered a offered a coaching job, um, but wants to play on. Uh, yeah, and I, I guess you understand that, Barry. Yeah. I, I, I always say to players play as long as you can I, I was on air with, with Berkey I can't remember what European game it was and I was asking him what you doing going forward obviously he's 37 now 38 soon and um, he looks fit as a fiddle mm. and every time I, I, I seen Kilmarnock on the TV he never started but when he came on he, he made a mm. difference he made a real impact he's not lost his pace has he? no he's, he's not but it's clear he does look after himself mm. Berkey and he, he's a as I said, he was a match winner, Burke. Even as a young boy coming through at Rangers, he's always somebody that I, I thought was um, capable of playing at the, the highest level. And you've got to give him credit. Still at that age, still get the hunger and desire. And um, he could have easily have just went in the background and, and got a job and picked up his money as a coach. But he thinks he's got more um, energy and time in the legs. And fair play to him. Because uh, when I've seen him this season... He could easily play on. I don't know if you saw his note. Uh, he penned a note to the the Kelly fans today online, and uh, it somebody was, showed me it was it was sometimes it was, it was yeah sometimes it, it was sometimes. almost sometimes yeah it was it was almost poetic mm. uh, from Berkey, uh, which he presumably did it with his coloured pens that he brings. Uh, have out, you brings seen the amount? Have you been on there with Berkey? <laughs> <laughs> he came in with a rucksack <laughs> and a folder and and his coloured pens. Yeah, Aye. unbelievable. Scary, isn't it? Yeah, that's the way ahead. It is the way ahead. For him. Fred no for <laughs> me. <laughs> We've got 250 quid to give away. Will it be Alan? Will it be David? They're on the line next. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Visit their brand new Toyota showroom at Kenneth Head Road, Darnley. Let's go! Win on the Go Radio Football Show with Bill's Tool Store at the Barras. Offering quality tools, hardware and workwear at very competitive prices. Yeah, we've teamed up with Bill's Tool Store at the Barras in Glasgow to give you the chance of winning £250 cash on the Go Radio Football Show. We're looking for the sharpest tool in the box to win this. And on the line, we have, uh, firstly... From uh, Blantyre, love the railway station, was there last Sunday. Uh, myself, uh, Alan, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, as always. All, all good. Are you enjoying the show, yeah? Yeah, always do. Good man. Good to hear that. I think I might just give you the prize already, actually, for that, to be honest. But uh, there are questions, uh, football questions to be answered. Uh, Alan, we're going to test out your football know how shortly. And we've got. Are you, are you in good form? Oh, hopefully. If it's Rangers related, they'll be fine. 
Right, okay, well, we'll see. I think there's a, I think there's a mixture in there, so hopefully uh, we'll see if they follow your way. We've also got David in Ashgill. Hi, David. Hi, how's it going, Rob, Mark and Barry? Very well, thank you. Um, I've got Mark and Barry to help me out in, the, in this, just in case there are any technicalities to be sorted. We may have to use VAR to sort it out in the end. We'll see how it goes. So we've got, basically, it's as simple as this, Alan and David... Uh, I'll ask a question if you know the answer shout your name out Um, hopefully that's not too challenging and then we'll come to you um, if you get the question wrong then it passes over to uh, the other side okay we're gonna we're gonna start uh, right now with question number one so first thing to do is shout out your name if you think you know the answer so question number one who scored the first premiership goal for Celtic this season David David what's your answer? Tony Ralston is the right answer so uh, David goes ahead after round one of the competition question two in which month did Steven Gerrard leave Rangers to join Aston Villa? David Um, yeah David October is the wrong answer Alan your big chance oh the big chance is here I'll go for Six months ago, March. Yeah, I know. Right. Lost up there, lost it. right. Okay. It was November. So, yeah. uh, so uh, a, f- a fail on that one. So David won up as we go into round three. Which Turkish team drew with St Johnston in Europe at the start? David. David. Galatasaray is the right answer that is 2 for David 2-0 at the moment into question number 4 uh, who scored a hat-trick for Hibs in their defeat of Rangers in the pre- Alan. yes Alan Boyle Martin Boyle is the right answer Alan's got one back it's 2-1 uh, question number 5 who did Georgios Yakimakis tie with for joint top scorer in the Premiership Alan. this David. season Alan got in there first. It was, or oh, who was that again? Oh, that one was, it was a Rangers player as well. Morelis, it was Morelis. It wasn't, it wasn't. Oh. I'll pass that to David. Regan Charles Cook. Is the right answer, David. Ah, well done, David, well done. Regan Charles Cook of Ross County, level with Yakimakis, 13 Premiership goals, I think it was. Uh, 3-1 to David. Um and question on to question number six we go who was the first premiership manager to face the axe this year well, is, that, is that this year or this season should be this season shouldn't it season. yeah who was the first premiership manager to face the axe uh, this season David David was it Stephen Glass it wasn't Alan oh. Alan was it Sean Maloney it wasn't it was Jack Ross Jack Ross oh. Uh, question seven: Who ended the season with the least amount of goals scored? David. Alan. David first. Dundee. Alan. I went Ross County. Uh, neither correct. It was St Johnston. So we have a winner. Uh, Congratulations, David. Well done. Yep. And to you, Alan, all the best. I can't believe I get the first one right because I'm a Rangers man as well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was like, oh, couldn't have told you. 
Oh, come on, stop being sporting, you two. I hate it when you... T- oh, that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alan, uh, I'm going to bid you farewell firstly, so thanks for taking part. Thank you very much for following us here. Have a nice night. All the best. That is Alan from Blantyre, runner-up, because David in Ashgill has oh. won. David, what about that? 250 oh, that quid. I'm delighted, Rob, because see, the last time I spoke to you, I was 12-year-old and you disappointed me. So you've made up. <laughs> you've made up. I was at the Rangers Motherwell game. Right. Uh, Gabriel Amato scored three, and I got you to give me an autograph before uh, I went into the game at the start. Mm-hmm. And I says, "Can you give me a shout on the telly night, Rob?" Oh, and he no. says, "If I do, it'll be the last thing I'll do." Ah. So, yeah. Did I really? Did I let you down, David? Did and you say? Uh, did you say the autograph? Oh, I think so. He did. He uh, did. He did. To be fair. Yeah, but I didn't give you the shout out on the TV. David. No, I was got it. I was got it, Rob. What was that? Two hundred and fifty pounds. One. Mm-hmm. He stays quite close to me. Nice girl, so he can right. take me for a pint. Aye. Or maybe give you some euros <laughs> for your holidays. Maybe you never know. David, what? So uh, you're a, so you're a Rangers fan, are you, David? I'm Rob. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you thinking about uh, this season? What were you thinking about the Scottish Cup final? Uh, Scottish Cup final I felt after you know obviously the conditions and the heat on the, the Wednesday before it and to go 120 minutes again great levels of fitness I felt if, if Hearts were going to give us a, a game you, you know they had to score early and when Ellis Sims missed that chance Hearts were never really in the game thereafter I felt Rangers grew as the game went on I think that's testament to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and his staff we do, we really do look like a fit team so although you're obviously disappointed in losing out in the league and, and the big one in the Europa League you definitely feel under Van Bronckhorst there's signs there that given a, a decent kitty this summer he could, he could certainly do something for us Now that you're on do you want to, do you want to ask Barry anything? Uh, well, what I would ask Barry is uh, obviously that game that we're talking about back then. My hero was Gabriel Amato. Would, would did Barry think of him as a player? Yeah, but to be fair, Big Gabby was um, a proper player. Loved playing with him, and he came over. Seemed he came over. He couldn't speak any any English, but picked it up so quickly. Was desperate. One of the ones where he wanted to learn. Sometimes you get players coming in, and they're not interested in, in learning the, the the language, but. No, great guy. Um, what ability he had. Mm. Don't know if you remember him. He I was do. Um, yeah. yeah, a proper player. Uh, big Gabby. And, um, yep, I liked him. What are you thinking about uh, the summer? What What are you expecting to happen, David, transfer-wise? Um, Shane Barry's nephew, for a start. Um, <laughs> I, I genuinely think, Rob, that's the missing piece in the midfield jigsaw for me. I think if, if the Rangers midfield three next season at the start of the season is Ryan Jack, John Lundstrom and Lewis Ferguson, I think that's a strong midfield three. And I think Lewis Ferguson will give you goals. And I, I, I know he's at Aberdeen and they might know what to do business with Rangers and all the rest of it, but I genuinely think that, that that's a, that you could put that midfield three up against Andy in the league. How do you like the sound of that? Three or, strong, yeah, strong trio strong midfield um, and look I, I think Lewis is, is at a stage now uh, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful to Aberdeen because Aberdeen has been really good for Lewis um, obviously he's been up there under Dell and, and learned a lot in this season I think his form's been a bit up and down but he scored 
how many goals Rob? 16 16 goals I know yeah. a few of them have been penalties but I think now for Lewis's development he, he needs to move on and look I would love to see him sign with Rangers um, no doubt about it but I, I'm sure that he knows himself that he, he needs to move on and it'd be interesting to see where he goes in the summer we talk a lot on this show uh, especially recently David about Calvin Bassey um, what, what's your thinking about him what, what sort of price tag would you put on Calvin Bassey at the moment um, I think you're well as high as possible I think realistically we're, we're looking at between 20 and 25 uh, but obviously if there's more than one interested party, Rob, that kind of starts a bidding war. Yeah. Ideally, I would love us to keep them. You always want to keep your best players. I think there's, you know, there's another good year in them. But obviously, if, if you're looking to keep them, you're going to have to reward them with a, a handsome contract as well. So yeah. I think it will depend on whether Aribo, Kent and Morelos, that trio who stays, who goes and, and what kind of money we get. Um, but again money talks in Scottish football it would be incredible wouldn't it if a guy who was signed for not much more than 250 grand went for 25 million that's a that's a profit margin mark isn't it yeah yeah, and that, that's what it's that's what it's all about uh, Robert there's a business model there buy them in improve them you'll get them raw improve them polish them up boom and move them on um, for as much money uh, as you can so Rangers are now I would say they've got the assets to go and do that. They've, they've done it once with, with Callum Patterson. They didn't do it with uh, with Morello, so they might still because he's got a year to go. But you know they're now into the habit of that. The players are attracting attention because, as we've seen with Celtic you know, a decade or so ago, you've got to go and do it in Europe to really attract the big transfer fees. You've got to go and do it in Europe. Rangers have done that, um, not just in the past uh, six months. They've done that over two or three years now. You know, players have made names for themselves. They're worth big money and Rangers as a business now need to get this absolutely spot in terms of when they sell and what they sell for and Barry you said earlier on in the show um, you would have had him sat down already uh, on, on, a new, on a new deal Rob I would have been I would be shocked if Rangers haven't already spoken to him and his advisors um, I think from Bassi's point of view I think it would be more beneficial for him to stay another season and play another full season and improve again and you've got to give Rangers credit you've got to give Gerard credit for bringing them up for Leicester you've got to give Gio credit for bringing them on even further and, but also you've got to credit the boy himself because he's a he's a boy that wants to learn that, that's the word that comes out of the training ground he's always on the training ground when the, the training fi- finished wanting to improve on things and I would like to s- see him stay another season Um but the important thing for Rangers is they get them tied down in a long-term contract and then obviously they can sell them for top dollar hopefully next summer because I wouldn't like to see them move this summer. Um, but again, David mentioned money talks. Mm. If somebody comes in with an offer that Rangers can't refuse, it's a selling market up here. John Suter and Calvin Bassey, central defence next season. David, is that the way you see it? Um, I don't know. I still think there's maybe... I, I think I, I think Borna Barisic has finished at Rangers, Rob. Mm. So if Bassey stays, I, I like to see him play left back for us. I, I think you know we might see a, a maybe a technical um, maybe Dutch or foreigner come in to, to partner Suter. Obviously, you don't know how robust Suter's going to be with his injury record. Obviously, you hope he's, he's over 
the worst yet, but but certainly if, if Bassi stays, I, I'd like to see him play left back because I, I just think if you look at the Scottish Cup final, he absolutely ran the show, and I just think he's got that type of performance in him every week. It's going to be fascinating anyway in the summer, Mark, isn't it? To to just see how this plays out. It's it's Van Bronckhorst's first serious goal at the transfer market, um, and we could see big changes. You could, yeah, you're right, Rob. I mean, if Rangers wanted to really ca- cash in, they've they've got half a dozen guys there that, that are worth more than ten million quid. I mean, if they really wanted to, they could go and raise sixty million in the transfer market this summer if they wanted to. If they mm. wanted to go and rip it up and and, and start again. Um, so and that's because of the hard work in the last two or three years and, and the, the success that they've had from Bassey to Kent to Aribo. Um, you know, there's a bit of interest in, in Hadji as well. Uh, don't yeah. forget um, Morelos um, and guys like that. So that you know, I'm not saying they're going to do that, but I'm saying the, the chance would be there for them if they wanted to. You know, if that's what they felt, you know, going, you know, give Giovanni a proper uh, blank canvas, and you would still be retaining. You know, eight or nine very good players, mm. uh, and then going building it for there and a few of the, a few of the youngsters. So yeah, they've got they've got um, they've assembled a really good squad that's worth a lot of money, um, but it's getting the balance right about you know selling your guys, but also retaining a right good team in the pitch so that they're giving themselves a good chance. A first of all, first challenge, can we get into the Champions League between now and the end of August? B longer term challenge, are we going to get the title back from Celtic, which is going to be a huge ask over 38 games. David, how much did the Scottish Cup compensate for the pain of of Seville? Or maybe as you reflect, it's a, a winning end to the season. You've got the Scottish Cup and you've also reached a European final and it's a pretty amazing season. Well, I think obviously our domestic trophy hall hasn't been that great over the last um, you know 11 years or so. So it was important that we, we got that monkey off the bat, Rob, and, and, and got a cup win. So I think going in, uh, it's always good to end a season on a high. Um, and I think there is an area of positivity. I'll be honest with you, um, if we maybe go back maybe eight weeks ago, I was on the fence with Van Bronckhorst. But as the seasons went on, I definitely think you can see a style of play, an identity under him, and, and the guys look super fit. So I think it, it certainly looks positive, but again, recruitment's key, and I feel it's a big summer for Ross Wilson because for me so far, he's underperformed in the job. Certainly looking positive for you at the moment, courtesy of Bill's Tool Store at the Barras in Glasgow. You are £250 better off. That's not bad on a Friday, is it? No, I'm absolutely delighted and, and thanks to all you for the opportunity. Really appreciate talking to you and it's made up for disappointment as a 12-year-old, Rob. <laughs> a little bit of compensation uh, for that lack of shout-out on sports scene. Do apologise, David. Speak no, soon. No, no, no. Thank you. Take care. All the best. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Buy your next car completely online at macklinmotors.com. Let's go. Thanks again to Bill's Tool Store at the Barras in Glasgow and it was David in Ashkill who proved to be the, the sharpest tool in the box coming out on top there against Alan from Blantyre in the competition and he is £250 better off. Um, how were you doing on that, on that quiz, Barry, as we, were, as we were working our way through it? Did you have most of them? Five. I got five out of seven. That's not bad. Mark? Were you... I probably run about that. Anyway, it's... 
I just liked a wee line there. I picked up that Rob, don't worry about that. Right, sure. <laughs> he was the sharpest tool in the box. I like that. That's been written down for him. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> it's, it's one of those scripted ad libs that I love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you spoiled it, Barry. You, Mark was impressed there for the first time ever. Paul Cooney's. Some of Paul Cooney's ones. <laughs> the, the one question we didn't get to was the tiebreaker, so I'm, I'll try that one out on you. Um, we didn't get that far. We would, we could have done. What is the combined amount of goals scored by all teams in the Premiership this season so kind of I'm going to accept to the nearest oh. 20 50 maybe I'd say I'd take I guess combined total of, so all teams I'd, in the Premiership yeah, I'd say six, 608 Barry I'll go for 560 oh. 563 wow you are on fire <laughs> <laughs> what a shout that is by the way have you been reading over my shoulder? I can't see through there. Okay. Now, at the same time, you were spotting my scripted ad lib. I thought maybe you'd clock the answer to that one as well. Um, one of the um, one of the, one of the questions there was about uh, what was that about again? It was about the yeah the first Premiership manager who, who got the boot this season, and uh, Sean Maloney was was one of the the answers offered, which wasn't right, obviously. Um, but I see there's a, a suggestion, Mark, and, yeah. uh, that that uh, he could be part of. Uh, a management team with Vincent Company yeah. if he goes to Burnley yeah I read that today as well and um, I thought you know for the first thing we think is well he's clearly made a good impression at the, the Belgium international uh, set up and you know and then the, the second thing made me think you know just maybe Sean is just a guy who's cut out to be part of a staff mm-hmm. a coach rather than the responsibility of being a head coach or a manager whatever the, the title particular title he's given a club and there's nothing wrong with being coach, assistant manager, absolutely nothing wrong with it. I think you know, sometimes we all feel oh, you've got to be a manager, you've got to be the main man, but sometimes you're no cut out for that. And you know, for a manager to be successful, he needs good staff around him. So you're playing a key part in it all. But for, um, if that comes off from chance to go down, obviously I've just been relegated. Uh, but Vincent Company, I think he's got his family in that area. Uh, that neck of the woods also would be me Manchester. And um, you know, maybe for Vincent Company you know, two or three years down the line, that could be a stepping stone for him from taking over from Guardiola if he gets it right. Yeah, when you were talking there about great assistant managers and, and sometimes that's the way to go, I found myself thinking about Stevie Clark and all the, the great managers that he's been alongside in his time. That that wasn't a, a bad little uh, learning curve for him, was it, with the likes of Bobby Robson and Gianluca Vialli and Zola and whoever else Jose he was. Marino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. must have learned so much. Yeah. And I think, what was his first gig? Was it West Brom? On his own, yeah, on, on his, his own, own. Uh-huh. yeah. And, he, and I think he finished thirteenth or something, didn't he? And got, got the sack. He got sacked uh, for yeah. finishing. Yeah, mid table, I think uh-huh. it was. Yeah. Yep. And then obviously, come on, what a job he done at Kilmarnock. Let's be honest, mm. getting them in Europe, and finishing in in third place, and um, obviously went on to the. That's three years now. I think it is. He's been international mm-hmm. manager, and a few people were only too sure of that. I was. Um, I wasn't sure when the first three or four games because it was a kind of it's hard to watch but you could see what he was trying to do he wanted to try first and foremost shut up shut up make us stronger at the back make, make us more a stronger unit but as the times went on mm-hmm. I think now you're starting to see the progression of the team and, and it's the, the group's been to get it's kind of the same group he's had he's got them at a good age and this group again can go on for the next four or, or, or six years so I think the future's really bright um, for Scotland and, and under um, Steve Clark, who 
He knows the game inside the, You've just mentioned Some of the clubs he's worked at Chelsea, Liverpool Newcastle, Newcastle. Yeah. Um, And as we said he's, he's worked in the Premier League And down down England as a manager On his own And come up here And and probably Overachieved at Kilmarnock yeah, yeah Certainly with the, the, the squad that he had um, And again when you watch Kilmarnock Playing under Steve Clark, They were just hard to beat A difficult team to, to play against And he, he made that the same with the national team but as I said as time went on now I think we play some real good stuff um, as a football team and that must be really satisfying for him what he's built at Scotland yeah. and over a period of time Aye. over that three years it wasn't sort of flash in the pan immediate success it was pretty painful to start with it yeah. looked, or to us it looked that way yeah. but he was building in blocks yeah. he, and, and, and he saw exactly where he was going well, I think what you've got to remember I mean, if, you, if you take everything into account you know, you're talking, you've just rhymed off his CV there, Rob. Every day, on the training field, bump, working every day. So there had to be a period of adjustment for him as well, from going from that to senior players half a dozen times a year. COVID then kicked in. So he didn't get to see them for, for six or seven months. And we're talking about one of the biggest games in Scotland's history on Wednesday night at home in Ukraine. He won't have his full squad on the training pitch until Tuesday morning, mm. the day before it, for various reasons. Yeah. So you take all that into account, inherited as a group that were a real low ebb, confidence was low, they were shattered, they were, they were losing regularly, two, three, four goals, giving away goals for fun, cheap goals, then they were settled back four, um, Tartan Army had disappeared in their draws, 15,000 were turning up at Hamden to, to see his play, and then as you say, it was a slow build, and I think the key thing for him was, he had to learn as well, he had to adjust, and he had to, how do I maximise my time with these set of players how do I get the most out of them over two or three training sessions if he was lucky maybe three or four days going in a, in a double header and he's worked it wonderfully well because it could have collapsed he might just you know what this isn't for me as we said it, it, was, it wasn't great at the start for the first six months nine months but he kept at it he'd also had to change his backroom staff for various reasons a couple of times he's now got a solid backroom staff in there too um, and the, the, you know Steve and the players pushed um to improve things behind the scenes you know all the wee different things all the, the, the small gains that mm. they talk about in terms of your preparation facilities all the things and they pushed they pushed SFA to improve things to give them the best possible chance that led to his getting to the Euros now we're 180 minutes away from a World Cup the, the, the difference is now the country's behind them mm -hmm. and now you, you're saying 15,000 are struggling to get a hand and you struggle to get a ticket now yeah. mm -hmm. when Scotland are yeah. playing so that tells you the difference that, that Steve Clark's made um, and it wasn't everybody's cup of tea people were saying oh it's going to be boring and we're going to sit behind the ball and be difficult to beat yeah we've got to do that at yeah, times that's part of the game yeah it's part of the game but we've not got world class players like some other countries um, but we work to a system now and we play a certain system and the system suits the group of players that he's got and as I said we're, we're hard to beat but also we're good to watch as well at yeah. times He's really close with the players, isn't he? He's obviously a great communicator. He keeps it very simple and straightforward and honest. And I mean, he talks about loving the players. You know, he, he's spoken quite a few times recently. Uh, and they clearly love him and they love turning up for, for Scotland uh, camps. Yeah, I remember he did. He used that word, I love my player. I remember whatever game it was he was talking about. Um, and he made that clear. And, and it was lovely to hear that. Mm -hmm. You don't often hear him, no. you know, that, that affinity that, that, that they've clearly got. He's got a good, solid group of um, seasoned pros in his squad that will you know, run the dressing room that will run the camp 
in for him he's got good backroom staff and then when he needs to he's earned that presence Rob when he walks into that room he's earned the oh there's a gaffer mm. you know and he over his career as a player you know with Chelsea what he achieved there but particularly his coaching and management career and if anybody had any doubts about him he absolutely cemented everything uh, but that spell he had at Kilmarnock well, he's listening at the moment and he's waiting for us to tell him his team for Wednesday night. So we really better get that done before we're off here, Barry. Um, what, what's the team? This is a team that I think I'll start or Steve Clark. Well, whatever, you, whatever you fancy. Well, I, I'll go with what I think. Mm-hmm. Craig Gordon, a back three of McTominay, Hanley and... I says <laughs> Cooper, but I'm going to go McKenna. Right. Yeah, I says Cooper the other day, but I'm going to go McKenna. And then I'm going to go left wing back, the captain, obviously, Andy Robertson, right wing back, O'Donnell. I don't think he'll change the middle three. It'll be McGregor and Gilmer, McGinn in front, and Shea Adams and Lyndon Dykes. That team beats Ukraine. Mark? Uh, my team would be Craig Gordon in goals, back three, McTominay. Suter and McKenna. So no Hanley? No Hanley. Two wing-backs, Hickey and Robertson. Ryan Jack and Callum McGregor. John McGinn of Dykes and Adams. Okay. So there's not a big... There's no a was, well, yeah, you know, listen, Hickey's a... Either off. Teams. Either off. Uh, Take a flick of the coin, mate. Mm-hmm. Those teams. Mm-hmm. I just... I can't see him not playing Grant Hanley. That, that, I just think he's a pillar... He's the he's the middleman in the, the, the defence. Uh, yeah, I, I think he I think he likes him. Uh, no, I think I, I know he likes him. Mm. And to be quite honest, when Scotland have played, he has been immense at the back. And would there be an aspect there of if it ain't broke, don't you know? Don't yeah. fix it. It doesn't That's need fixed. The way I think Steve Clark yeah. operates, and mm. I think if you listen to him doing the, the media, he always use, uses the phrase: the, "The players know what I'm about. They know how I work. I know how they work." And I think he just trusts certain players, no more than others. But like I said, Donald, I mean, Hickey, I mean, a fantastic player. I'd play Hickey. I'd be all for playing mm-hmm. Hickey. But I just think he knows what he's going to get for Stephen O'Donnell. He's never let him down. No. But there's, there's a few positions at the back, right wing back, central midfield. And whether he goes two up top or yep. not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as we've said earlier in the show as well, um, a lot, these decisions are one or two of them could be based on what Ukraine have up against that right side you know is Hickey a better bet or or do you want that a more, a more experienced player in Stephen O'Donnell who you know he kind of knows what he's going to get from Stephen O'Donnell yeah I mean you, you've got to look you know you've got to pick your own team that you think are winning you've got to look at the, the opposition I, mean, you, I, I take a, a most recent example because I think we were defending him on the show he got a bit of criticism for his performance in the Europa Cup final um, James Tavernier mm-hmm. but if anybody does it and he didn't have a bad game he was just didn't, he didn't excel but he didn't have a bad game why? because Frankfurt done their homework and they had Kostic up against him Kostic was pinning them back and if Tavernier did go they had Kostic in the full back up against him so they, they, they pinpointed Tavernier as a danger man and they subdued him you know to, mm. the, to a point um, so I'm not saying um UK and I've got the equivalent of that down the left hand side I generally don't know I'll do my homework for, for next midweek but uh, you've got to just make sure that first and foremost you're not you know on that role Who, who's my best at going forward in the right because you know Andy Roberts will go all day long mm. it might be it might need to say 
who's my best defender on the right hand side first and foremost who's my best yeah. defender yeah my biggest concern is probably left side is, is probably what the absence of Kieran Tierney means to Andy Robertson yeah I, I just think Tierney and Robertson um, are just a, a brilliant pair on that left side you see Kieran Tierney I mean he's left centre but you see him banging down to the touchline and crossing balls in and Robertson tucks in they've got a good a real good relationship on that left side that that was a worry because I say at the start of the show Kieran Tierney's a top top player um, but on the flip side of that McKenna's having an unbelievable season Liam Cooper's captain he leads so you're still filling that position with a very good player um, but it is a massive loss yeah. Kieran Tierney it's not just how good a player he is He's, he's aggressive he's a proper leader yeah. on the pitch as well so you'll miss that side of it definitely five nights away is going to be a glorious night at Hamden, Scotland and Ukraine thanks Mark thanks and thanks Barry have a great Cheers, weekend mate. anyone going on holiday have a happy holiday The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors buy your next car completely online at macklinmotors.com Let's go. There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians and specialist advice from our motability team visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road Darnley the new name for Toyota in Glasgow